This is Valerie Van Boeven with the Senior Care Industry Netcast, where leaders with three or more years of experience in the senior care industry share their advice. So let's get started in a few sentences. Tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Brian Biederman. I'm a certified financial planner, and I help my clients create and manage multi-generational wealth. I'm working with senior senior clients, um, not just senior clients, but with their families also. I help them generate an income that is um, sheltered from market volatility and also enables them to meet or exceed um, inflation as it occurs. Also help them with uh, making sure that that income is tax advantaged or somewhat tax sheltered to try and minimize taxes as much as possible. Great, great. And you're located in the Raleigh area? I'm in Raleigh, yes. Are you able, Do you serve mostly your local area or do you serve other parts of the country? Well, most of my clients in Raleigh because this is where my office is, but I have clients in eight states. Nice. Well, that's cool. So anybody can uh, can get to know you and learn more about well, you. Depends. I, have to be, I have to be licensed in every state where I have a client. So, you know, if somebody calls from another state that I'm not licensed in, then I have to decide whether it's worth being licensed in that state or not. Right. I know for sure I don't need to be licensed in Tennessee because they are the only state that I know of that charges out-of-state advisors extra for being licensed in Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that the folks that are watching this, if they're in the Raleigh area, are going to be able to reach out to you much easier than, than anybody else. So, Having said that, we will put your website and your contact information with our video so that people know how to get a hold of you. Um, and speaking from a, a small bit of experience, my parents, my mother is 71 and her husband's 81, and they have um, they do pretty well with their financial needs. Um, and they live in North Carolina, but they don't live near Raleigh. They live near Asheville, North Carolina. Um, but uh, I know that a few years ago, um, they really had to make some fast changes because even though they were already retired or heading toward retirement, they were losing money quick um, when this you know, market took a tumble. And I, I guess you know this better than I do. People lost a lot of money if they weren't paying attention to what was going on there. Only if they sold. Yeah, no, they, they were, their investments were getting nailed fast. And so they had to make some, more, they, they needed to be in a less risky, um, yeah. you know, they need to be an income earning as opposed to risky, volatile kind of stocks and that. So, right. So, anyway. we kind of we kind of addressed that issue when we put together portfolios for clients, especially those that are retired. Is the way we do it is we take what they expect their income needs are for the next two years and we take that portion of portfolio and keep that very sheltered and very liquid, obviously low interest, but we know that it's not going to um, be affected by a drop in the market because most drops in the market last anywhere from six to 18 months. So we figure a two year window, we know that you know if the market, if you are taking income and the market drops, we know that we don't have to sell an investment at a loss to generate cash to take a distribution because we have that much in cash already. So we manage the cash portion 
of all of our clients' portfolios. Obviously, the ones that are retired, it's for income, but for the clients that are not retired, it's to be able to take advantage of drops in the market by deploying some of that cash and taking advantage of buying opportunities. It's a, it gets complicated as you get, if you have, um, if you have a significant amount of assets, even if you don't, it gets a little complicated for them. Like, you know, there's, she's 71, but she got, a, she didn't have to take a minimum distribution because they extended that for a year. I don't know why, maybe it's a COVID thing. Maybe it was just a, some law that passed. And she knows if she takes her minimum distribution, she's going to end up paying taxes because it's going to put her over the threshold of uh, what Social Security plus that minimum distribution is. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, it does. And part of the reason that they put that exemption in place for 2020 was because as soon as the pain or shortly after the pandemic started, the market had dropped and it dropped significantly. And they didn't know if that was going to be a long-term thing. So rather than forcing retirees to pull money out at a loss, they waived, they waived distributions for last year. But then the market recovered and it surpassed where it was at the beginning of the pandemic. So it really became a non-event other than giving people an excuse not to take money out of their accounts, which is, which was good because it helped it grow more rather than pulling it out. So that's kind of what happened there, but um, it, it's educating people. You know, yeah. one of the things when back in um, the late nineties, early 2000, I was doing a radio show on the early days of the internet. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we used to always talk about, and I still talk about it a little bit when I talk with clients is, the internet is a great thing because it creates a lot of, or it's access to a lot of information and a lot of free information. Unfortunately, sometimes you get too much information and you become paralyzed because you don't know what to do. So as a financial advisor, we kind of take that information and help our clients digest that information and throw away the stuff that doesn't apply to them and help them apply the stuff to put them in a better position. That's awesome because it is confusing and there is a lot. It's sort of like using WebMD as your doctor. Probably not a great idea. Well, they say if, if you, you never want to Google what you think your symptoms are because you'll come up with 12 diseases that you might have. Yeah, you're definitely dying if you have a headache and you Google that on WebMD. You're totally dying. A, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, okay, back to my questions. What is the best thing about serving aging adults? I think the best thing is the satisfaction of educating people and making people a little bit more comfortable with the uncertainties in the economy and the uncertainties in the market and being able to explain to clients and giving them a sense of calm that things aren't as bad as they thought they were. Um, you know, I had a client called me um, or sent me an email a day or two ago because she did her taxes and based on some decisions that we had made last year, she wound up paying almost twice as much in taxes this year than she did last year. Well, part of that was her husband had passed away and she was getting survivor benefits on his Social Security. But then she got a big raise at work, which put her over the threshold. So instead of only half of the Social Security being subject to tax, 85% of it was subject to tax. And so it's not a bad things, but we had a whole conversation of what should we do? Can we do anything else? Well, she already contributed the max to her IRA. So we couldn't do there. Really, the only thing she could do would be if her company were to finally put in place a 401k, 
she could contribute more to a 401k, but it's marginally more because the difference is with an IRA, it's 100% of, of your income up to $7,000. With a 401k, it's 15% of your income up to $15,000. But 15% of her income is about the $7,000 threshold. So the, it would not help her significantly more. So, you know, and she has other money. So I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with owing money on April 15th. The problem is if you owe money on April 15th and you don't have it, we know you're going to have it. So there's no sense letting money sit with the government for 15 or 18 months interest-free to expect a big refund. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's better not to have a big refund, right? I mean, everybody's- right. I mean, I, that's not really I have one client that just boggled my mind. I was talking with him once and he's younger. He was in his early 40s, I guess, but he's a high wage earner. And we were talking about taxes and some other things. And I said, well, what's your tax refund usually? He said, I don't know, somewhere around $15,000. I almost fell out of my chair. I said, I thought you were smart. <laughs> I mean, and I had been a client, he had been a client for a long time. So I can say that. Yeah. I, I thought you were smart. You're letting the government sit on $15,000 interest free <laughs> because you like a big refund. You're already a good saver. There's absolutely no reason for that. Right. Absolutely. I totally, I totally agree. Yep. That should not be your savings plan. That's, <laughs> yep. Your taxes and your man should not be your savings plan. That's a good rule for women. Very good. <laughs> okay. I would imagine in your life professionally or otherwise, there have been people that, or organizations that have really meant a lot to you that you think do a great job um, or have been mentors or inspirations to you. Who would you like to talk about? Um, I guess, I'm not sure about the question. Um, I who, do. Who inspires you? Who who is? Why did you get into this financial planning? Or who is it that really makes you think this is the this is why I'm here? This is why well, I do what I do. I've been doing it for a long time, so I like helping people. Um, recently, I had a client come to me. Um, she actually married one of my clients, and she was had some money, and she had never been really an active investor. She had some accounts that were set up for her by her ex-husband and he told her where to put it and whatever. And we were talking because obviously she divorced and remarried. And her, her, my client had been a client for over 30 years. So he said, why don't you talk to Brian? And we had a conversation and she said, I learned more in the last 15 minutes <laughs> about my investments than I did in the previous four years with my previous advisor. So it goes, it all goes back to relationships. It all goes back to educating um, and just knowing that some of the things that I take time to explain to clients, which are completely legitimate planning strategies, but many advisors don't want to take the time to explain it to a client and a client many times get this aha moment and said, and actually I had it recently. Somebody said, why didn't my current advisor tell me that? I said, <laughs> I can't answer that question, but my guess is he just didn't want to take the time to explain it to you. Um, and, and part of that goes to creating those relationships. I have clients that have been with me for over 30 years, many clients for over 20 years, and we have a good relationship and they have a question. They know they can call me and even if it's something that I don't have an answer for, I'll find an answer for, or sometimes I go out of my way to 
do things for clients and handle issues for clients that don't put any money in my pocket. Um, you know, a client of mine, his wife passed away recently. And one of the things that I never knew, his wife was a client, had another advisor that she had been working with. And she had some stock in a privately held company in Baltimore and she passed away. And I didn't know anything about it. And he kind of knew about it, but he wasn't really when he's, he's 80 years old, 82 now. Okay. So one of the things we did is I took the lead because he was sending them letters and trying to call to get information and get it changed over into his name because she owned it in her own name. And they weren't responding to his letters and they weren't responding to his call. So I took, I said, give me the stuff. I did it. I called them. I made sure I got an answer. I did the, I wrote the letters. We got it taken care of. We changed it into his name and eventually we liquidated them because his son also has some of the same shares and I didn't want his son to have to go through these hassles in settling his father's estate. Now, when it's between spouses, it's one thing, but when it's from one generation to the next, it becomes a whole new level of complication. So we made sure that we sold the shares during my client's lifetime. And then we just took the money and he used it to pay some bills. So I made no money on that deal. It's all a matter of going above and beyond for the client on what they need. Very nice. Well, uh, you are probably an inspiration to all of your clients and, and a good mentor as far as the best thing to do with their money. And, and like I said, as, as we get older, it, it gets a little bit more complicated and uh, all the rules and regulations that if you have assets and, you know, the things that you have to do versus what you don't really have to do. I mean, I just, you know, I... <laughs> I haven't even gotten there yet, but I know it. I hear my mom talk about it. I'm like, oh, gee. Well, so. one word of advice that I would give to senior clients, well, all clients, but specifically mm -hmm. senior clients, as your memory starts to go. So this same client, when his, um, his wife had passed away about two years ago, and then he decided he was going to sell his home and move into a retirement community. Well, the home was owned in a trust that he had set up with his wife. And that, be that became a whole new level of complication because there were actually four attorney, four different law firms that were involved with all the different legal documents he had. There's the lawyer I referred him to years ago when they did their wills, and then they did some trusts. And then they went to another attorney to do some work. And then there was another attorney that they used when his wife passed away to update some of the stuff. And then he wound up having her committed and he was dealing with the court appointed attorney that was handling her assets. Oh so if he had just called me or, or any advisor, if you have one advisor that you trust now, some people don't like to tell one person everything, but mm -hmm. it just becomes more complicated. And you really have to think about the next generation. If God forbid something happens to make it as easy as possible because it's already a stressful situation. But to have to deal with multiple parties when it could be handled by one party just puts a whole new level of complication and stress on the next generation trying to settle that estate. Very true, very true. And yeah, I, I would agree. It's, it, it makes it super complicated. And if you don't live in the same state or you don't live in, you know nearby and you're a child of a, an aging adult who 
you know, passes away suddenly or suddenly needs long-term care, it, it, it does get really complicated and costly fast to try and help them and try and help maneuver through all this stuff. So having an advisor that's local to them is really important, I think. Someone I, you can get on a Zoom call like this and say, okay, what are we going to do here? Right. You know, or what do I need to do? Um, that's really important. So thank you for that. Well, Zoom, Zoom is good for that, but you know, it still it doesn't replace being face-to-face. -face, and obviously we can't do that, but I have been... I have brought on a few clients since the pandemic just with Zoom calls. And one of them, I said, well, you know, once this thing over, I can drive down. She's down in Rockingham, down toward Charlotte. She goes, I was with my previous advisor five years. He never made an effort to come and visit me in person. You know, I got to say, my mom's advisor lives in Florida and she's in North Carolina. So, I mean, he did. They at, originally, they all lived in the same area in the same state, but he moved you know, she moved. <laughs> so yeah. they haven't seen each other in 10 years. And I keep telling her it's probably time to, you know, think about somebody else looking at all this stuff. So well, it depends. Anyway. I mean, that's why I have clients in seven states because some of them lived in Raleigh and then moved away. And yeah. some of them are referrals that I've never met um, from existing clients. But you know, yeah. it, it is easy, you know, and if there is a good relationship and they have been clients for a long time, I wouldn't change just to have somebody local. But if he's not, if he's not being proactive in addressing some of their needs as they get older, mm -hmm. and, you know, when you said your, your mother and her husband, meaning it's a second marriage, there are mm -hmm. usually stepchildren involved and all that other stuff. It again, it adds a whole new level of complication that needs to be addressed and looked at as a comprehensive plan as opposed to piecemeal. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I think, you know, to to give them credit, my my mother and her husband, they have done a great job. He's 10 years older. He's got his stuff, you know, and his kids. We they were married when we were all out of the house. So we were all adults by the time they got married. <laughs> so his kids are wonderful. And I'm an only child. So you know, they, they each kind of have their own stuff separate because they were married so late in life. Yeah. But, um, but, but she's got, you know, I don't know, I don't keep track of what he does with his, but for her, I think she just needs, um, you know, I think sometimes people just need to talk to a, a new face and have someone else look over things and just say, yeah, you're doing a great job here. Or, well, you know, maybe we need to make some changes. Because at some point, you're not sure if the person recommending it that you haven't seen in years is really recommending it. Uh, if they're doing, She just doesn't know. So it's always great to get a second opinion. And so second anyway, opinions well, are good. I'll, I'll, I'll have her watch this so she can get to know you and, and maybe she can give you a call. So <laughs> hi, mom. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, so what piece of advice would you give to other folks who work with seniors? I mean, you've worked with, I know you work with all ages, but you've worked with seniors for a long time. And um, I'm sure there are some things that you think are really important when working with seniors that people should pay attention to. Well, I think the biggest thing is don't underestimate them, yeah. okay? Don't think that just because they're old, you can kind of fly something under the fly something under the radar, um, you know. And and a story about that is, you know, there was an article years ago, um, about the time I started my own firm, 
It was an article in one of the trade publications says your clients may not sue you, but you don't know about their kids. Okay. And, you know, so a, a true story. Um, it's not just about kids, but there was an advisor that worked with me at another firm and he had a client and he did a lot of things with the client. The client was married, but the client spouse wasn't really involved in all of the day-to-day decisions even though it was a joint account and joint account you don't need really need both spouse but anyway so the client passed away and the spouse wound up suing the advisor because she claimed that the recommendations he was making were not suitable for them and sometimes you know it goes to arbitration you don't want to go to court and you wind up settling or whatever so the biggest thing that you have to do. And, and you're, you know, especially you know, when it's a second marriage, it's a different story. But if you have both spouses and both spouses are alive, beat your head against the wall, but you want to speak to both of them, yeah. you know, because even if they say, you know, my wife, you know, doesn't want to talk to you, but she'll listen to what I say. You know, if you ever played the game telephone when you were a kid, everything loses something mm-hmm. in translation. Uh, yeah, especially and, if it's complicated, it's way going to lose. Especially when it's complicated, <laughs> and it's not something, you know. So the, the piece of advice is, you know, don't be afraid to explain something, even if it takes a little bit more, because seniors will be more appreciative of it. Um, and they will um, tell you if they don't understand lots of times. Sometimes, you know, I have clients to say, well, I don't know really stunned you, but thanks for explaining it to me and you know, just tell me where to sign. That's not necessarily my best client because it leaves me open to a certain level of liability. But, you know, one of the things that we've started doing recently is we have clients who are over 65 signing a declaration, an over 65 declaration, and they have to have somebody witness it that they don't have dimension, they can make their own decisions, there's no power of attorney, stuff like that. And if their spouse is over 65, the spouse cannot be the witness. It has to be somebody, if they're over 65, they can be a witness, it just can't be the spouse. So it's something, again, to protect the clients Mm -hmm. and to protect the advisor, because if it goes to court, nobody wins. That's true. It, it's not worth it. It's expensive and it's it's a losing game on both sides. So I agree. Everybody should be full knowledge of, of to the best of their ability of, of what's going on. Kids, spouses, um, it, it just doesn't pay in the end to be super secretive about what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, if you're going to ha- do some good investing, everybody should be in on it uh, and know what's happening. So I, I agree with you there. And I think, you know, the bottom line is education and education and communication, yep. you know, educating clients on a better way to do something. You know, one of the things that um, a, 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 a part of a seminar that I do mm-hmm. is I tell clients, clasp your hands in front of you. Just put the do that. Now look down and see which hand, which thumb is on top. Mm-hmm. Now switch it. Mm-hmm. Feels a little awkward. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Okay. It's all a matter of how you, there, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not going to hurt you, but it's just something you're so comfortable with doing something certain ways that sometimes we're reluctant as human beings to try something new. Here. But that's what I help clients to overcome and to put themselves in a better situation financially 
even though collecting lots of times the, all the information necessary is an exercise they don't want to do. And typically that's going to be a client I don't want to work with. If they're not willing to do the work to help me do a better job for them, then there's plenty of people that are willing to. Absolutely. Well, that's great advice all the way around, especially making sure that everybody's on board with planning and making any changes. I think that's great advice. So my last question to you is supposed to be my fun one. When you have a win in life or in business, how do you like to celebrate? I take the day off and go play golf. Perfect. That is perfect. We've had all kinds of answers. And that's winter and then I go skiing. Okay. That's good too. All right. So I want to thank you for doing the show. You've really given us a lot of great insight on what a great financial planner would do, recommend how they treat their clients. So thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.